Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. In the fall of 2016, the American Journal of Managed Care held the fifth annual Patient-Centered Oncology Care Meeting in Baltimore, Maryland. The meeting had a wide array of speakers from across healthcare discussing topics such as immuno-oncology, payment reform, financial toxicity, and more. We asked speakers to provide us with their key takeaways. We start with Dr. Roy Beveridge, the Chief Medical Officer of Humana, who discussed the transition to value-based care during his keynote. The world's changing very quickly. Don't be scared. There are lots of opportunities, and fundamentally, if it's done right, this is higher quality and better for the, the patient and it really should be better for the, the provider also. Dr. Stuart Goldberg of the John Thurr Cancer Center sat on a panel that discussed payment models and if they are truly patient-centered. Value is the big buzzword and how do we define value is outcomes divided by cost. The question will be in oncology, how do we define outcomes? How do we make that patient-centric? How do we make the outcomes meaningful to the patient? What are those key drivers that the patients are caring for? And can we maximize those by reducing, and at the same time, reduce the cost? According to Ted Ocon of the Community Oncology Alliance, patient-centered payment reform in oncology has to first and foremost be patient-centered, not physician or provider-centered. Secondly, reform can't be about just reducing cost. It should be about increasing quality while making care more efficient. It's an evolution. We've just started with payment reform. We have more pilots happening. Of course, we have the Medicare come home model happening. And like any evolution, it will take a while. And we'll, we'll go down some false, um, you know, some false avenues. But I think by and large, we're headed in the right direction. David Fabrizio of Foundation Medicine sat on a panel discussing immunotherapy. And he said that there has been an important paradigm shift in thinking about immunotherapies as personalized therapies. He is followed by Dr. David L. Porter of the University of Pennsylvania Health System, who presented on CAR T cell therapy. Immunotherapies are different because they're treating the immune system and not the tumor. And as such, I think the initial uh, uh, knee jerk reaction was to not necessarily think about them as a personalized medicine approach, but we're now starting to understand that there are molecular diagnostic tools at our disposal, like tumor mutational burden, that can predict response. And so we can start to think about these things as personalized medicine and answer the question of who will respond uh, using tests like that. I think one takeaway message is that CAR T cells have had unprecedented activity uh, in situations where other therapies aren't working. Um, I believe that they're here to stay and they will be a new modality of cancer therapy. Dr. Sean Cozen of the FDA also sat on the panel with Fabrizio and Porter and explained that the field of oncology is reaching a tipping point with the addition of new treatment modalities and data being generated from things like genome sequencing. In order to really leverage uh, the emerging opportunities, we need to be a lot more collaborative and patient-centric, uh, meaning uh, we need to start looking at data science uh, as uh, an opportunity to be able to look at big data 
to develop predictive uh, analytics, predictive al algorithms that can uh, help us design better clinical trials, identify new patient populations that may benefit from certain drugs. And what that really re requires is collaboration and in a lot of cases, in fact, sharing of data. Deborah Madden, a cancer research advocate and patient representative, presented on the importance of patient education on the toxicities of immuno-oncology treatments. I think what's really key is in communicating to patients, yes, uh, immune on oncology, it's an extremely exciting area. And every, all of us in, in the cancer community are absolutely thrilled about it as our patients. But we, we need to understand that even though it is a remarkable advance, education is so critical for patients and their caregivers. They need to understand where we are, what we still need to learn. The fact that some patients, yes, are going to have a remarkable response, others may not. So it's all about educating the patients and their caregivers as they're making these decisions and appropriately managing their expectations. Also representing the patient voice, Allie Morse had presented on the financial challenges of expensive cancer treatments. She is followed by Samantha Watson, CEO of the SAM Fund. Financial toxicity is something that impacts everybody, but it impacts young adult cancer patients even more severely due to their place in life and what they're going through in terms of career and education. By talking about the financial toxicity, we can all help address the challenges before they become real serious crises. When the burden of cost sharing becomes too high, patients need to make this impossible decision between their financial health and their physical health. And neither one is good because either you have someone who's able to access care but is going to go bankrupt because of it, or someone who skips care in favor of their financial stability. And so we need to find a way to maintain the balance between the two. Dr. Jonas D'Souza of the University of Chicago sat on a panel discussion with Watson about how cost sharing can impair access to treatments or continuation of treatment. We have to start talking to payers, to patients, to pharma pharmaceutical companies. How can we better design benefits that will provide access to patients for high-value medications? How can we decrease the cost sharing for high-value medications? Kim Eason of Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey reiterated the importance of shared decision-making. The one key takeaway from my panel is that we all want to work together and that we all understand that the patient is the most important person involved in all these discussions. And so whatever decisions we make and how we get there always has to have the patient at the center of those discussions and understanding how can we improve the outcomes for the patients that are receiving care and treatment. Jonathan Hirsch of SIAPS, a healthcare software company, explains that a health IT strategy for improving cancer care for patients must bring together all the relevant information on a patient. He is followed by his fellow panelists, Dr. Carrie Stricker of CARE5 and Dr. Suzanne Bellinson of Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Very often we focus as an industry just on the electronic medical record, but we have to remember as an industry that the patient's care journey is really spread out. It's spread out across multiple health systems, it's spread out across multiple different siloed software systems within the same healthcare organization. So one of the things that we have to think about as an industry is how we rationalize 
the full cancer patient's journey and truly make our IT systems patient-centric rather than based on the individual occupations of the specific clinical staff. In order to really make progress using health IT in cancer care, we have to put the patient at the center and integrate all of our systems to serve the patient. We must bring in that patient and family voice into the technology solutions we design and operate in practice. I think the key takeaway here is that uh, this work will require a higher level of collaboration than we have ever seen. We will need to collaborate on data. We will need to collaborate to generate the data. Um, and we'll need to collaborate to get to the place where we can agree on what the right inputs are so that those who are working in the space, whether you're a payer, whether you're a provider, or whether you're a recipient as a patient, you're getting the best oncology care possible. Finally, we hear from Dr. Joseph Alvarez, the Editor-in-Chief of Evidence-Based Oncology. We've gone from this idea that cancer would be curable by magic bullets by actually, to actually having magic bullets. Now, one magic bullet won't cure a slew of cancers, but as we understand an individual and their genetic complexity, we're able to take therapies that would be unimaginable 40 years ago to target cancers in ways that ensure that patients who were previously incurable are now curable. And I think that's a dramatic change in how we think about oncology. AJMC's next conference will be the spring live meeting of the ACO and Emerging Healthcare Delivery Coalition which will be held May 4th and 5th in Scottsdale, Arizona. You can learn more at AJMC.com.